Good morning, and welcome to Pay It Forward's podcast, Help Yourself by Helping Others. Today is another uh, education uh, series presentation, and today's topic is entrepreneurship. I am joined by Mitchell and Alan. Good morning. And my name is Sherry. I will be your moderator. So we will begin by talking about what entrepreneurship and what an entrepreneur is. Uh, Mitchell, can you tell us what an entrepreneur is? Sure. Entrepreneur are individuals who demonstrate initiative, innovation, and risk-taking to develop and bring forth new ideas, products, and services to the market. That's a good description. Um, But, you know, to break it down even more, is this anybody that's ready to kind of start their own business and create uh, something out of their own vision that is productive and sustainable? That is a good uh, overview. And Alan, you yourself are an entrepreneur. Uh, what? How would you define entrepreneurship? Uh, basically, it's just something that you've done uh, that would be different than your peers. You, you want to maybe bake some cakes and then try to sell it on the farmer's market or you want to write a song and then promote the song yourself. So there are m- many ways that mm-hmm. uh, you can do uh, to either enrich the community or, or the whole world now with the digital uh, possibilities. Okay. Right. And I think, you know, um, as we highlighted here, you know, what kind of separates entrepreneurs or entrepreneurship from um, other businesses or business people is entrepreneurs are usually kind of visionaries. You know, they they have a passion and they have a desire to create something new or to make an impact. And, you know, as Alan said, to be a little different than your peers. So I think it does take a certain spirit and a drive uh, to be an entrepreneur. Yeah. And, and okay. just to add, just another mm-hmm. key factor is they're also problem solvers. They're solving a problem, whether it's satisfying demographic or having a solution um, to fix a need. Right. I would agree. Okay. So moving on to our next slide, uh, we want to talk about entrepreneurship and um how it is uh, characterized. I mean, there's generally some key elements to entrepreneurship. Uh, Alan, would you like to start us off? Okay. Yeah, basically, um, the most um, important one is innovation. Mm-hmm. Like which was saying, if there's a, a void where people are looking or can benefit from your ideas or your product or service, but they cannot get it easily and then you feel the void, then then you are uh, in, on path to a successful uh, small business. But yeah. again, there are other challenges. Not all entrepreneurs are successful. So typically, you have to take risk. Doesn't mean that that you have a, a, like a unique idea and solve a problem that you'll be successful and people appreciate it. So you have to kind of uh, navigate as you move along. Okay. Yeah, I would say uh, entrepreneurs generally do have a, a different mindset. Would you agree, Mitchell? Yeah, yeah, definitely. It's all part of looking at the bigger picture and, and going back to being that visionary. 
Um, right. And the desire to either make a difference or help people or to provide a service or product that um, people enjoy. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think they are, as we said, kind of visionaries. They have, you know, strong decision-making skills and they're adaptable and they're very proactive. And um, yeah, and they're trying to address consumer needs or a passion. Okay, so those are the general um, elements that characterize entrepreneurship. And if we move along to our next slide, uh, as it says here, I mean, there are a myriad of businesses that are started by entrepreneurs and they generally, uh, you know, depend on their, you know, expertise, their skill levels, their uh, interests, what they perceive as, you know, market opportunities. So we're going to move to the next couple of slides to talk about some of uh, some examples of entrepreneurship businesses. So the first slide, um, Mitchell, would you like to start us off about uh, the types of uh, businesses that are entrepreneurs? Especially over the recent years, I think the tech startups um, have been a big boom. And that's been a, a cycle for a lot of uh, entrepreneurs to start not just one, but multiple ones as they mm -hmm. start, start an exit. Um, with that, you have the retail and e-commerce. So you have a lot of people who are selling things online and mm -hmm. that from a hobby to becoming a, you know, a full-blown uh, business. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I'll skip around a little bit, but professional services, there, there are so many opportunities Um to help people who are actually trying to have their own business or be an entrepreneur as well. Mm -hmm. Right. Alan, do you have anything to add regarding some of the um, businesses on this slide? Yeah, uh, to follow up with the technology that Mitchell was talking about, uh, it also involved in different way of distributing. So mm -hmm. it, instead of people buying from Walmart, now they can buy from you either face-to-face -face in the farmer's market or maybe uh, by the post office or by UPS or maybe other third party distribution. So they have a lot of options where you can uh, reach uh, a wider audience. Mm -hmm. The food and beverage is also interesting because uh, in the old days we grew up on meat and potato, but now there are so many ways to have the experience. So there are probably hundred way or a thousand way to prepare a certain food or dry goods or frozen packaging gift. There are many, many ways to the food and beverage. That's very true. We had a Hello HelloFresh uh, um, uh, subscription for a while. I mean, who would have thought, <laughs> you know, years ago that we would have food delivered to our door uh, weekly that we selected online. So, yeah, a lot of innovation in, in, in all of these areas and all and most of it. The reason is because of technology yeah. that enables those to exist. And, you know, you also want to include um, innovative businesses that solve solutions to where you have, you know, people that that take care of pets that mm -hmm. use some of this technology. Um, you know, see some here. And, you know, even on the other side, I was reading about a guy in New York who who's professionally stands in line for people and makes mm. out allows for that. So, <laughs> um, yeah, there's always a creative way to, <laughs> to make money, not just in this country, but globally. 
Yes, yes. Creative ideas, I think, are really important. Yes. And just so many online services. I mean, you you know, now with health and wellness, you can take a yoga class, you know, from your computer. You know, you're you're in your own home and uh, these yoga instructors can be teaching people all over the world. So, you know, there are a lot of health and wellness uh, uh, coaching and nutrition consulting and, yeah, graphic design. I mean, it, it's just amazing. And then people who have a interest in, you know, environmental or social um, activities, they can also um, become involved with fair trade and renewable energy. Uh, I mean, these examples, as the slide says, are just a fraction of the diverse businesses that entrepreneurs can start. As a matter of fact, Mitchell, I'd never heard of the line standard before. That's that's pretty. saying that if you can get somebody to give you ten dollars or something, then you you can become a millionaire. <laughs> so it just opens the door for so many I mean, solutions, um, depending on the demographic and where you're at and you know what problems you have at hand there's always a way to start a business mm -hmm. yeah i guess uh yeah the the possibilities are limitless and uh, people with that entrepreneurial spirit can pursue uh passions and also just make a living you know in a non-traditional way so okay so moving on to our next slide um Again, as we we're saying, entrepreneurship has changed in recent years. I mean, Alan, you've uh, been a business owner, and but it was always brick and mortar um, stores. To, and now the world has changed um, and it's undergone a significant change in recent years. Um, these are some examples of, of how and why those changes have taken place. Uh, Mitchell, uh, do you want to kick off this slide? Sure. You know, I think that, you know, uh, I started in the print industry in the early 2000s, late 90s. So I was there to see it with the technology really changed from, you know, where everything was brick and mortar. You had a lot of things that were print. You had a lot of business done, professional services that were still done by hand. There wasn't a lot of software at the time. There wasn't a lot of tools available. And, you know, over the last 20 some years, that's the difference. We've developed different tools and different technology that make uh, the small tasks of running a business easier. Um, but at the same time, you have to navigate through all the technology and determine what tools you really need for your business and, and kind of go through that. Uh, Alan, I know if you've been part of the evolution of it from the beginning, um, what's your comment? Well, yeah, basically like when I have the air compressor, which is uh, like a Kind of complex air compressor that didn't work properly. I hire some local people, nobody can solve it. Then I reach out to a site called upwork.com and I posted my problem. I said, This is intermittent problem, it's giving me the software or the hardware, or whatever. Then somebody from Pakistan is an engineer that specialized in this. He responded. So between the Zoom and the cell phone taking you know facetime and all that he was able to solve it uh in a few sessions so something like this is very uh kind of uh, um open up a lot of door for many things even for myself i have some ongoing medical issues 
uh, I talked to my regular doctor about certain things, but I don't get satisfaction. Then later on, I discover a functional medicine doctor. And actually, technically, I never met her, even though she's close by, but we communicate via the internet and other other ways. And I learned a lot from her, but without seeing you know, the traditional visits. So this is just a typical, uh, and there are probably many, many examples. We're trying to raise money using the SEC 1A uh, several years ago. And in order to do it, uh, I need to get an uh, attorney to review and then have her or him uh, authorize or, or um, sign. So I reach out to local law firms and none of them are interested because this requires certain skill set, the SEC and other. And also this is a small guy, not, not a big company. So again, I reach out, I post the request on uh, one of the sites. And then I found an attorney in state of Washington that it, it worked out real well. I mean, those are just great examples. I mean, and it is, it's, it's astounding. And in some ways it's, you know, um, I guess it's kind of um, really downsized the brick and mortar sites because of the advancements in technology. I mean, nowadays, I mean, we all have a, a background in printing and now, you know, people can just hop online and order even complex jobs from these companies that are completely online, completely remote. You never talk to a person. So there can be that kind of downside where you don't get that personal service that we all offered our customers. But it's it's just astounding, um, you know, what has the advancements that have been made in the last few years and the rise of the gig economy is, is a big part of it. Um, you know, people can pursue independent work. I mean, you were able to connect with people on Upwork, Alan, and get a, get a problem solved uh, that you were unable to otherwise. So it, it really has changed our world and it has allowed people to monetize their skills, work flexibly and you know, they've become, as the slides says, solopreneurs <laughs> by building their own micro businesses. And so a lot of it is, um, uh, you know, for the good. Uh, but there is a little bit of a downside. You know, you do kind of miss that customer service um, aspect. Um, and we'll move on to the next slide um, to talk about some of the other uh, changes that have occurred in recent years that have allowed uh, this you know, type of entrepreneurship to grow. Um, Mitchell, would you like to talk about that? Maybe, uh, you know, about um, the ways that people are accessing capital, for instance? Sure, you know, I think, you know, with the internet and social networking um, open the doors for ideas and innovation um, and connecting people, obviously. So there are there are sites now like like Kickstarter and if you're registered with the SEC where you can present um, what your idea is and raise capital um, online, which is, a, which is another tool for technology that opens the doors for where you don't have to go to banks or you don't have to know someone wealthy. Um, if you, you can go to the general public and this is something where everybody can do is systematic, um, just follow along. Also with the connections, it opens opportunity for 
different type of social and environmental programs because you can obtain a large mass of people and communicate with them more so than ever before. Right. And I mean, I think, you know, people are, you know, becoming concerned about the environment and other things. So, you know, um, having these social enterprises um, is uh, enabled to grow because of technology. And you're right with the crowdfunding and platforms and, you know, uh, peer to peer lending, uh, all of these businesses are uh, able to grow. Would you uh, have any comment on that, Alan? Yeah, basically, um, the remote work also gives mm. people some flexibility. For example, like uh, in the old days, you can only serve a pre, uh, your customers at the office or the retail site. But now remote, you can extend your reach. Mm. So uh, instead of serving a few hundred uh, possibility people close by within commute distance, now you can open around the world. You know, you you can feel a certain need. Right. Uh, yeah. As it says, there it's location independent entrepreneurship, and 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 work and for people who do not like to be tied to a a desk, it is an allowed this nomadism. I mean, you see the, you know. Uh, preponderance of people who are working from vans and schoolies and um, tiny homes because they want the ability to travel and they don't want to be bound by geographical boundaries. So it really is astounding how everything has, you know, kind of changed, but it, it has, you know, continued the growth of entrepreneurs. And so moving on to our last uh, slide about this topic, um, about the evolution of the entrepreneurial landscape. Uh, here's a couple other um, topics. Uh, Mitchell, could you speak to uh, some of this? Sure. Uh, we can start about the uh, the data-driven decision-making. Mm. Um, because of social media, the internet, and we have access to so much data. Um, and you hear about the news of larger companies using that data. For their own benefits, but smaller companies can use that same analytics and market research to build and help grow and scale their companies as well. Um, even when you're looking at an idea to have, this can help you figure out your demographic easier, figure out what they're already buying and the things that they like. Right. We all see that cookie message when we're <laughs> online <laughs> and all of that data is being used to look at our preferences and our habits. And yeah, and all of that can be used to grow a business. Um, so, yeah, for sure. Uh, all of that data is being used for uh, targeted marketing and um, trying to uh, improve a business's performance. Alan, do you have anything else to add about the evolution? Yeah, also, uh, people have a lot more choices every day now. Uh, so they are not happy just doing the same thing over and over like the old days. So that creates uh, a unique desire to test out some of the new ideas from these solopreneurs or small business. Mm -hmm. you they shop at big company, there's only a few flavors of different or the same thing. But if you open up to small guys, then there are probably hundreds or thousands of different variations. Yeah, even yeah, we, yeah. 
Yeah, even cookies. <laughs> You're right. <laughs> yeah, we have become more uh, picky and more um, always looking for the next best thing, I think. <laughs> okay, so moving on to our next slide, we're going to just talk a little bit about the gig economy. I'm sure most of our listeners have heard of that, but if not, um, Mitchell, you can give us a quick uh, overview of what the gig economy is. Sure. This is kind of like for an entrepreneur that doesn't want too much of the responsibility of owning a business, but they get the benefits of controlling their own schedule, their own time, and outside their own income on how much they decide to work and what they decide to do. Um, I know Uber was one of the first models that was one of the big ones that became mainstream. But since then, it's grown to all these different types of uh, of gigs that you can do, um, including technical ones, ones where you drive, things where you make yourself, like FD. Um, really been an amazing thing to take off over the last few years. And like you said earlier in the slide, there's a lot of uh, people opting for this way of the lifestyle, mm -hmm. uh, where it gives them, again, remote work capability. Mm. Right. Alan, you've used uh, uh, quite a few of these services. Uh, I'd say you've used almost all of them. <laughs> um, so as a consumer, um, you know, can you give us some of your experience with uh, some of these gig workers? Yeah. Prior to the pandemic, uh, I ride with the Uber or the Lyft quite a bit. And I talk to these drivers uh, regularly just while uh, we are waiting in traffic and so forth. And surprisingly, most of them, like Richard was saying, they don't they don't want to tie to an eight to five situation. So for example, there was one driver, uh, he has like a single parent, so he has certain obligations. So he said whenever he has time, he just work like 16 hours nonstop. But then when it's time to like uh, spend time with the kid, then he just turn off the app and then he can do whatever he wants. Imagine like if he operate or work at a full-time situation, then he cannot do that. He cannot work 16 or 18 hours. And also he cannot take three days off, you know, with no interruption. So this gives uh, people flexibility. If they are broke, then they just work harder. Mm -hmm. If they have a windfall of money, then they just quit working. <laughs> right. It's kind of interesting that people can do this now Yes, for us being a little bit older, yeah, it seems very non-traditional, but yeah, I mean, what a, in some ways, what a nice way to live. You, you know, can, you know, concentrate on experiences and quality of life and, you know, just work when you need to. And, you know, I've used a lot of these as well. Well, we've all stayed in Airbnbs and that has been great um, versus a hotel sometimes, you know, it's more cozy. Um more convenient. Um, I've we've all used Fiverr. I mean, that's amazing. You can ask for almost anything, and there will be somebody who has the skill set to do it. And it's not expensive, and they get to work when they want to. And I've bought gifts on Etsy that are very personalized, uh, handcrafted, you know, unique. So. Uh, as a consumer, uh, you know, I, I, I've taken advantage of many of them. And for the gig worker, um, it has to be rewarding that they can, you know, 
work this way and get the life, you know, balance that they want, quality of life. Okay. So moving on to our uh, next slide, we, well, we're kind of talking about it from the gig workers perspective, uh, not consumers. Uh, we talked about it from the consumer uh, side. What are the advantages? Uh, and we touched on it a little of why people want to do uh, gig work. Uh, Mitchell, you kind of started to talk about it before, but we can elaborate now. Yeah. You know, for myself as a graphic designer and marketing consultant, I've, I've used Fiverr and Upwork um, and help other people. Um, so I've used it before and it's for the very reasons. It gives me flexibility at times uh, if I choose to do it or not. Mm -hmm. and it's a short-term engagement to where, you know, in the print industry, we have customers we've had for years to take care of. It. This situation, you know, is just kind of, you get in and out, you do a project and you kind of move on. So you're not tied to them. Um, that's the big plus. And you're, you're an independent contractor. So there's pros and cons to go with that, but you know, there's really no strings attached. So that kind of makes it easier to pick and choose your own schedule. Right. Alan, do you have any uh, thing to add regarding this freelance type of work? Yeah, there are two ways to do it. You can either uh, take a chance and then hire somebody, maybe on Facebook or uh, somebody that you don't know, but uh, with the uh, established middleman like uh, Etsy or Airbnb, then you have access to more information. So, for example, if you want some to hire someone, uh, if that person did not come through or uh, maybe something bad happened, then you can complain and then they can either bar them from like a uh, cheating or doing something bad to other customers so mm -hmm. most people they know that they are being uh reviewed and um kind of uh so they they, they will try to do the best they can which, which is good uh and also typically they uh, have reviews so you can look at the review then you can compare what you are looking for with the other people who have used this person or this uh gig uh, worker, then you can form your op better opinion on whether how successful this uh, whatever unique assignment you have. True. And I think, yeah, you brought up a good point, you know, um, as a gig worker versus, you know, how, you know, might have been done years ago, uh, you have the digital platform to act as an intermediary to settle disputes and to handle payment processing if you don't want to go, you know, handle all that yourself. So, yeah, these are some of the, you know, benefits of being a, a gig worker and why people do it. Um, I think the most uh, probably uh, prominent one is the flexibility. Okay, so moving on to our next slide, besides gig workers, uh, a lot of people, um, Oh, I kind of skipped ahead here. So this is just an overview of the gig economy, that it has grown, it's enabled by uh, technology and people's changing work pre uh, preferences. Um, and it does continue to evolve um, because there have been discussions about labor laws and regulations and 
you know, some of the implications about worker rights and benefits. So it is still a growing industry, but it has grown significantly and um, it has been enabled by technology. So as I was starting to say, we're moving on there. Besides the gig working, there is also a prevalence now of what is called a side hustle. And that kind of differ is a little different than uh, an actual gig job. Uh, Mitchell, can you tell us what a side hustle is? Sure, we can simplify that. You know, that's just really just any way you can make extra money on the side. Mm -hmm. um, it can be something you're passionate about. It could be selling something. It'd be, you know, a creative outlet. Um, really anything, but your mindset is, you know, bring in extra source of income. Right. Yeah, it's it, it, that's basically what it is. You're looking for a secondary source of income, and but you're typically doing it uh, because it is a lot of work. You know, you have your regular job and this is your side job. So it's typically something you're very passionate about and that you enjoy and that, you know, you have a skill set in doing. So, but it definitely um, provides, you know, people with an opportunity to diversify their income streams. So uh, we'll move on to the next slide, uh, which talks about some of the key aspects of what a side hustle uh, provides um, in addition to sub uh, income. And Alan, would you like to start us off on the, that subject? Yeah, the, like which was saying the extra money always come in handy. Let's say you want to build, save some money to buy, you know, a major item and uh, you'll be able to do that with side hustle. Then you'll get satisfaction by doing extra work after hours or weekend that you can achieve that goal. Maybe take a nice vacation or buy, you know, a nice gift. Um, another thing I observe is many big company like hospitals, or airlines, they are offering, like I think they call three and four. That means you either work three or four days, long hours, and then you have three or four days uh, off. Or I have a friend that worked as a nurse. I think she took, um, like work eight days nonstop and then get like 10 hours a day and then get maybe six days off. So when you have situation like this, uh, if you don't have anything going for the six days that you're off, then she mm -hmm. might go crazy. So she might take on a side hustle just to, you know, be pro productive or just do whatever, meet people or do other things. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, there's so many kinds of opportunities, you know, uh, affiliate marketing, pet sitting, cleaning, and you know, other times it's pursuing passions. You see a lot of home bakers nowadays um, who are doing that on the side. Um, and it's very successful. And actually some of the side hustles actually turn into, you know, real businesses. They grow to such an extent that people either need to, um, you know, set up a full-time business, be it, you know, brick and mortar or online. And it, often becomes their primary uh, source of income. So it's kind of great that people get this creative outlet and get to pursue their passions and interests. And, you know, there's now a, a definite market for it. Um, so it's kind of cool. Okay, so moving on to our next slide, we're gonna talk about uh, 10 
ways on how to become an entrepreneur. You know, it is a, it is a journey <laughs> and there are, you know, steps that need to be taken and they can differ based on person's circumstance. But this is so this is a general uh, outline of the process. So these are the first three steps that Mitchell will uh, tell us about. Sure. Just to go through real quick. Um, self-reflection and identity generation, that's the visionary part. Mm -hmm. You have to have a vision of something um, that, you know, hopefully makes you happy. You see you see the solution to the problem um, along that aspect. And then you have to back it up, which is where research and validation comes from. You know, do your market research, so do your experiments, make something and share it with friends and family to get their opinion back. Um, and then finally, develop a business plan, which should be an overview of your start and finish of your business. Um, and this is probably the most important step uh, where it covers, you know, everything from your financials, your goals, your marketing strategy, and it gives you really a guideline that gets you from A to Z of your business. Right. And probably in some cases, this is a step that people don't do uh, well. Um, uh, but it, it is, it's the crucial step. You have to you have to know what you're, what you're getting yourself into and, you know, make sure that you've covered all your bases. Yeah. Cause fair warning, a lot of people that start their business don't survive the first two years after the first two years. That's it. And a lot of it because they didn't develop a good business plan. They didn't follow it. They didn't modify it as they went along. Mm -hmm. Key steps you got to keep in mind. Right. And then going on to our next slide, here are four, uh, additional steps that Alan will discuss. Sure. Basically, uh, like Mitchell was saying, uh, you need to uh, reach out to a, a wider audience to either work together or get help or spread the word marketing. So having a network and mentorship is very critical because uh, if you can seek out to the right uh, people in your network, especially people that can have failures or other suggestions, they can lead you into uh, the, the right path. Whereas if you're just on your own, then the chance of success may be less. And then uh, there's always learning, right? If you are baking, you have to get different skill sets on choosing the right equipment, the recipe and you know the knowledge or, or any, any niche anyway. Um, so the good news is now you can watch YouTube, you can reach out to certain forums and you can get very detailed um, education. Or you can take some kind of online class or maybe even to the community college, get, get more uh, technical knowledge if, if that's required to be successful. Absolutely. And, you know, uh, going to association groups and networking groups uh, has value. Um, it used to be a big thing. I don't know if it still is nowadays, but maybe that, you know, as you said, Alan, there's online forums. And then there's also you have to secure funding and that's um, going to require um, a good business plan. I mean, as Mitchell said, that is critical. I mean, if you want people to invest in your business, they have to uh, feel confident that you know what 
your plan is, how you're going to implement it, and what you're going to do, what are your strategies if you run into obstacles. So um, there are many ways to get funding, especially nowadays with crowdfunding and angel investors, but you do need to have your ducks in a row before somebody is going to lend you uh, that kind of money. And then number seven, establishing your business. Again, it's imperative that you do take the right steps and get the proper licenses and fulfill any obligations that are required by, could be your city, your county, the state. Um, so all of those steps need to be taken and you know, setting up your, whether it's a physical location or what kind of equipment you need and as Mitchell said, developing your marketing and branding strategy. And for a, a lot of those things, um, there are uh, companies that are uh, out there to help you. Um, I know I utilize someone to help me with a business registration and they, they took care of everything. Uh, I feel confident I could do it myself now, but at the time I was a little unsure. So I did hire someone and Again, you know, marketing and branding, that's something we all <laughs> work on, uh, helping other companies. Um, we, all three of us have, have helped in that regard, be it, um, you know, a whole branding package with logos and colors and fonts and all of that other stuff. But there are um, people you can gain advice from or um, who will help you uh, secure all of this uh, information. And then uh, the last three steps that we have here, uh, Mitchell, do you want to uh, begin uh, with those? Sure. You know, once you have, you know, you have your plan in place, and you know, you have your you have your financials in order, and you're ready to set up. You want to launch your business. You know, you want to start. You want to put yourself out there. That's usually a scary step as it has to start. But once you start, if all gets rolling, you know, you want to be able to gather feedback and adjust. Um, understand that like it's a process of learning as an entrepreneur and you have to adapt and it's a game of survival and sometimes the learning and adapting part is what keeps you in business for a long period of time absolutely and as alan mentioned uh, continuous learning you know entrepreneurship is unpredictable so and as mitchell said change is going to happen there's going to be setbacks. There may be failures. So you have to be willing to be flexible, adaptable, and seek personal and uh, professional growth and refine your skills. So as the final comment says, it's a journey and it's unique to everyone. And, you know, the steps we've outlined here, the 10 steps are a general roadmap. Um, but you got to be flexible and creative and willing to take risks. And that's part of the entrepreneurial spirit. That's what makes entrepreneurs entrepreneurs. So our next slide is some famous entrepreneurs, which there are, you know, quite a few. Alan, do you want to touch on those? <laughs> yeah, it's a slice up. Uh, there are a lot of famous ones, but I'm sure there are probably hundreds or thousands of others that are not so famous. Mm -hmm. So uh, basically, I've been following some of these like steve jobs you know uh he he actually was uh, born um to an unwanted uh parents i think the some something bad happened in his childhood mm. but that does, doesn't stop him from being an entrepreneur so so the fact that you have disadvantage when you're born doesn't mean that you're 
your, your rest of your life is doomed. Mm -hmm. So obviously everybody know about Apple. Apple is the probably one of the, if not the most uh, valuable company, the brand in the whole world. And because of Steve Jobs, then, you know, the kind of history, everybody know that. And then obviously there's uh, Richard Branson, you know, he, I think he started many, many brands. Uh, one time with the record industry, he disrupted the, how did people buy records uh, in the old days. Um, and then obviously the other technology people like Elon and Zuckerberg. Yeah, I mean, look at Mark Zuckerberg. <laughs> look at how Facebook has grown. Started out as a college, a way for college kids at a specific school to communicate. And now it's worldwide. It's huge. I know I myself am a Facebook addict, uh, I'm embarrassed to say. Um, and Elon Musk, good gravy. That man has really gotten into so many things. Uh, I don't even have Twitter on here on this slide. <laughs> Didn't even include Twitter. Just Tesla oh. and SpaceX alone are just, it's astounding. Um, so that has made a huge uh, impact on our world. Uh, Mitchell, do you have any comments about? Yeah, I think the thing that's going yeah. most about yeah. is that business in itself is, is innovative and it's a bit of a copycat situation. Um, so these are people that everyone can learn from. You know, if you're if you're an entrepreneur, there's there's lessons that all these people here have added um, to, you know, the, the business theories and principles that you can kind of mimic and help grow your own business. Mm -hmm. so this is these are all good people to to follow and understand exactly how they made it. That's a good point. Just by researching, you know, where these people started and where they got to, that in itself is a way to get online mentorship. Um, and, you know, do some research because they've left a lasting impact on their, you know, industries and, you know, demonstrated vision and innovation. So, yeah, just uh, following their stories is a great way to learn about becoming successful yourself because, my goodness, they all have certainly uh, made a difference in our world. Uh, so the next uh, slide is to discuss... I guess we talked about all the changes that have taken place in entrepreneurship. And, uh, and this really does be, uh, impact and has been driven by, I think, young people. Um, so this, uh, we wanted to talk a little bit about young people and uh, entrepreneurship and how, you know, they have created a shift. Um, Mitchell being the youngest of the three of us, you want to sure. <laughs> begin? Yeah. I think it's just a, a maybe a generational change in culture um, where older generations, I think they valued the future and planning more so retirement and things like that, where this generation is, is, is valuing experiences in the moment. Mm. They want to live life now, um, any means necessary. So being able to have the flexibility of your own business or a gig economy or freelancing allows them to live their lives as they want to um, and still make enough money to survive. Mm. So this is the way they prioritize their life. And um, it seems to be working out for millions of them. Mm. I'm kind of curious what the future is going to hold for these young people um, because, you know, I grew up uh, in a more traditional way. My father was a workaholic. 
and instilled um, a good work ethic and saving was huge. I mean, <clears throat> I thought about saving from my first job uh, because even though I was in my 20s, you know, I was told I had to plan for retirement, which seemed in the distant future and is now, you know, very close, unfortunately. But um, so it just boggles my mind a little bit. But I understand uh, kind of the reason behind it. I mean, I think a lot of us are so focused on work for so many years and careers that maybe we didn't uh, have a very good life balance. And we didn't get to experience a lot of things while we were at a younger age. You know, now we're older and maybe some of those experiences may be out of reach. But it's so true. I mean, I even see it with the types of gifts that young people uh, give. It's no longer a, a thing, a possession. They're giving away tickets to shows or um uh, my one friend got their her son and daughter-in-law gave them tickets to an archaeological dig <laughs> you know so for young people it is it's about living life fully and experiencing and not just possessing uh things and i guess my only fear for them is you know what what will they do for retirement but i'm sure that'll all get worked out as uh, you know the evolution changes of uh, entrepreneurship and work and lifestyle. But so while traditional jobs do probably still hold value for a lot of young people, many are seeking alternative ways of living and they're li they're working from the road and they're doing, as Mitchell said, freelancing and gig jobs. And they're certainly working remotely and from all kinds of locations and they're being able to take advantage of uh, doing things that, you know, they love and not just a nine to five uh, job. So it's very interesting. And it's, you know, it's a, the evolving nature of work. So good for you young people. <laughs> Another thing is the robot uh, replacing a lot of repetitive tasks. Mm -hmm. so that kind of free up uh, our like a routine work uh, stuff, even even typing. I know in the old days when I first started out, uh, it may take uh, 10 people to type, uh, rip it off, retype, and then type again and type again. And then you have to print it or, you know, make all kinds of unnecessary steps in order to produce some document. But now you have uh, something called like a spell check and even chat GPT, you know, whatever it produces, perfect English. Mm. And you don't have That's to hire true. a typist. <laughs> right. I, yeah, AI uh, and chat GPT in particular have become a, a very useful tool. <laughs> so, okay. So uh, I guess we will conclude uh, our presentation on entrepreneurship by just, you know, giving a little overview that, you know, it's uh, entrepreneurship is identifying opportunities, taking risks, having a vision and um, initiative and innovators and bringing them to fruition and making a difference in the world. So typically key characteristics of uh, entrepreneurship are shown here on the slide. Um, a lot of what we talked about previously, being proactive, persistent, resilient, 
making sure you have a business plan, networking, uh, finding value creation and being adaptable and agile. And I guess it's also a lot for a lot of entrepreneurs. And I think that was true of you, Alan, is, you know, leaving a legacy. Um, do you have anything to share about uh, that? Yeah, I, th I think a lot of people, they want to do something that might be impactful to the society. Mm -hmm. For example, let's say you, maybe you're organized to clean up 10 blocks of, you know, uh, trash, then everybody will remember that you organized that activity to make the neighborhood better. So there's always opportunity to make, make a difference instead of just doing like tightening screws 10 hours a day and then nobody know what you're doing so right and that's kind of the reason that pay it forward was started uh right Mitchell yeah yeah agreed um and for me I guess to sum it up it, it's real simple you know um do what you love and love what you do uh, <laughs> that's make it or break it for people you have to be passionate you have to be willing to sacrifice um and not think of it as work and that's why it's important that you enjoy what you choose to do if you choose that path. Right. And, you know, as we said, you know, that's one of the reasons Pay It Forward was started. You know, we'd all like to make a difference and have a legacy and be proactive and, you know, help our world. And in addition, entrepreneurship, you know, helps with economic development and job creation and keeps all that innovation um, moving forward. Yeah. So that is our the end of our presentation on entrepreneurship. So we just wanted to mention that we do pay it forward does have other podcasts on many subjects. They're educational and interesting, we hope you find and they cover so many topics. Uh, we've had recent podcasts on um, dealing with difficult relationships, uh, health uh, podcasts, discussing longevity and uh, memory loss and fish production for a better diet and nutrition. We've also just discussed uh, shipping um, and Quonset huts for disaster relief and so many more topics. So please uh, look out for our um, podcasts on Spotify, Google, YouTube, and Dystopia. You can just search on Help Yourself by help, Helping Others or Pay It Forward to find those. And we hope you'll give it a listen. And then, you know, we'd love to have your feedback of uh, what you think. And then here are other ways that you can learn more about us. Um, Mitchell, if you could tell our audience. Sure. If you want to support us, we're on Patreon. Um, you can find us there. We have a website, payitforwardonline.org. Um, like I said, Sherry, you can listen to our podcast. Or you can find us on Facebook, um, where we also have a community group where you can discuss uh, ways that you can pay it forward. Absolutely. So uh, that is it for today. Uh, thank you all for listening. And Mitchell and Alan, thank you for your insights. Thank you. Thank you. And uh, until we see you again, keep paying it forward. Bye-bye. Wow.